Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I've I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now, I don't want to say that the Arizona Diamondbacks are paranoid, but I, I just saw a photo that was sent my way here of a a police officer on a white horse guarding the pool in, in, Arizona, in Arizona. The Dodgers, <laughs> Dodgers made quick work of the clearly inferior Arizona Diamondbacks, so the Dodgers are back in the final four of uh, baseball. <laughs> Really need a horse? Do you need a horse? And uh, I'm counting here uh, six police officers and a horse guarding the pool in Arizona, so the Dodgers <laughs> the Dodgers don't have a pool party. <laughs> but uh, I believe they'll be okay. I believe they'll be okay. Now we were planning on doing a full Dodger propaganda, but uh, we, there's other things going on and. To be perfectly honest here, this is a syndicated show, and so we're on different places. And the the home of the Dodgers, which carries our show right now, is covering us up for 
their local post-game programming. So Danny's going to monitor that, and then we're going to find out when we come on in in our uh, number one affiliate in Los Angeles. And then at that point, it'll be nonstop, wall-to-wall, think blue propaganda at that point. So I'm warning. I'd like to learn all – I'd like to warn all the affiliates down the line. That is coming as the Dodgers have swept the Diamondbacks back in the NLCS the third time in five years – the third time in five years they're back. Now they got to win four more games to get to the World Series. Then they got to win four more after that. But to overcome the immense pressure of the first round of the playoffs in the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm sure that all our friends in the Valley of the Sun, some of them right now making their way out of that stadium in downtown Phoenix, will call in and uh, they will be, they will say, "Hey, I uh, got it wrong. Uh, did not uh, did not analyze that properly." I know that's going to happen. All right, now, meanwhile, moving on from that, we did have a Monday night football game. The Minnesota Vikings, who should have and could have blown the doors off the Chicago Bears, but they didn't. They did not do it. And the the big headline here is the debut, the much ballyhooed debut of Mitchell Trubisky, the number two pick, number two for the Chicago Bears. Big trade. We know the backstory. Like the NFL at all, you know the backstory. And so, hey, it ain't the preseason anymore. Now, this guy had a knife and chopped his way through everyone he went against in the exhibition games. Not so much for Mitchell Trubisky in his debut. And it was the backup quarterback for the Vikings, Case Keenum. Case Keenum, who ended up saving the day because you had a regurgitation situation with Sam Bradford. More on that later, but Bradford was terrible. But in the end, the Minnesota Vikings, on a gift from Mitchell Trubisky in his NFL debut, he threw a, a, the game away. He made the mistake you can't make at the end of the game. He tossed an interception to Harrison Smith deep in Bears territory And so the Vikings simply had to retain possession of the ball, and that set up a Kai Forbath field goal attempt through the uprights, 26 yards, gimme, with 12 seconds left. That, the margin, and the Chicago Bears go down at Soldier Field. The Vikings get a win, so they are 3-2. and The Bears drop to 1-4. and But the story here, let's talk about it. The, The story, the debut of Mitchell Trubisky. North Carolina didn't play much in college. So what grade, what grade would you give Mitchell Trubisky in his first start? Now, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone because there was a lot of slobbering going on of Trubisky on the broadcast. That's to be expected. That's what John Gruden does. He gets on his knees and he slobbers all over quarterbacks. He's been doing his entire career. So that I get. And then a lot of the NFL pundits also – are all over giving shoulder rubs to Mitchell Trubisky. Am I missing something? I, I maybe I just got glasses a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I need to go back to the eye doctor. And I my hearing must not be that good because I, I feel like what I'm hearing and seeing don't line up with what's actually being said and shown by many people in the sports media. But the question, what grade would you give Mitchell Trubisky? In his first start, one thing I'm always is fair. I am always fair with these quarterbacks when they make their debuts. And after careful thought 
and research as a teacher, as a guidance counselor to NFL quarterbacks, the grade I give Mitchell Trubisky is an F+. I give him an F, not an F-, minus. I'm going to give him an F+. plus. couple of thoughts here. Snooze fest, not ready for prime time, diversionary tactics, and growing pains. Now, the, we'll start with this. Number one, from a pure entertainment situation, entertainment value, which I believe is somewhat important. I know the NFL has turned into a political league, and it's all about political protesting against the government and law enforcement. That's what the NFL stands for these days. But they used to stand for entertainment. This was not entertaining. This game was a snooze fest, right? It was 3-2 to two Vikings at the half. Do I have to go any deeper? Must I dig any deeper? Can I stay at the surface? It was a 3-2 to two game. I don't have to say anything else. Now, Mike Zimmer's defense figured out Trubisky pretty early in the game. Now, he Trubisky played relatively well in the first quarter. He was 7 of 9, but a lot of short passes. 7 of 9 for 64 yards for Mitch Trubisky in his first quarter of action in the NFL. And after that, it was all uphill. It was uphill, and he didn't have a motor in his bicycle. The rest of the second half, in that second quarter, Trubisky was 2 of 8 for 25 yards. So he ended the first half 9 of 17 for 89 yards. And you think it got better or worse in the second half? What do you think? Better or worse in the second half? The answer is, if you said worse, you're a winner. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, in the second half, Mitch Trubisky attempted eight passes, completed three of them for 39 yards in the second half of football. One touchdown, one interception. Uh, let's hear from John Fox, who did not want to do this. He was strong-armed, the coach of the Bears, into playing Mitch Trubisky, and he's trying to be positive. The Bears coach trying to put on a happy, happy face. I mean, he's got what it takes. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, um, and like I said, it was for our first game. You know, I go back to, you know, watching guys like, you know, Montana in their first game, you know, so it's, I've, I've seen a few of them. Um, I'm not making comparisons at this point, yes, you but are. he's going to do nothing but get better. You compared him to Joe Montana. You've just given Mitchell Trubisky the mortal kiss of death. He's doomed. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you said at the end, you tried to couch it by saying, I'm not care- comparing him to Montana. You compared him to Montana. He's, it's over. It's over for Mitchell Trubisky, John Fox. What are you thinking? Now, this game was given away. They gave that game away, as the great Dennis Green and Jim Mora and others have said over the years. So let's hear from Mitch Trubisky, formerly Mitchell Trubisky. That's what we call Mitch or Mitchell. Uh, here's Mitch pointing out how stupid he was for throwing that pass that gave the game to the Vikings. Me trying to do too much, trying to make a play when I just need to know the situation, throw the ball away, and and play another down. But uh, I got a lot of faith in, uh, in, in my receivers out there and in, in Zach, and uh, I was just trying to do too much outside of what I need to do. Just know the situation, know it's first down, throw that ball away, and, and go play. So I just forced one. Um, thought I gave him a chance, and the other dude made a play, so it occurred to him. But I can't do that. can't put my team in that situation. It's a solid crutch. Try to do too much. You hear that in baseball a lot. When someone in baseball is not playing very well, they're not hitting well, 
just trying to do too much at the plate. It's a solid fallback. In, in, in the bag of cliches, it's pretty solid. Uh, here's more from Mitch Trubisky, who's trying to be Superman and carry the slugs that play for the Chicago Bears on his back. Just with my presence, um, how much I love this game and how much I love this team, and hopefully that could just motivate some guys to, to play harder and, and I think they have faith in me. They believe in me when I'm in that huddle and when I'm making plays and when things break down, uh, they know the play is never really over. Anything could happen. And so um, hopefully the way I work and the way I carry myself just lifts others up because that's what I'm trying to do. And it just makes playing with these guys so much better and it makes the whole process that much more fun. You know what that needs? That needs the Romo treatment, the Tony Romo music. That is a Disney-esque soundbite. Does it get any more corny than that? Let's hear from Mitch Trubisky here. Mr. Cornball himself, the Bears quarterback. Let's listen to this. <laughs> Just with my presence, um, how much I love this game and how much I love this team. And hopefully that could just motivate some guys to, to play harder and, and – I think they have faith in me. They believe in me when I'm in that huddle and when I'm making plays and when things break down. Uh, they know the play is never really over. Anything could happen. And so um, hopefully the way I work and the way I carry myself just lifts others up because that's what I'm trying to do. And it just makes playing with these guys so much better and it makes the whole process that much more fun. I know I'm motivated. I want to play for that guy. I want to play for that guy. So, again, the national narrative seems to be how good Trubisky looked. His final numbers were 12 of 25, 128 yards, one touchdown, one interception, the backbreaker. He lost a fumble. That's a 48% completion percentage and a quarterback rating of 60. How about his yards per attempt? 5.1 yards per attempt. There was no rhythm. There was no flow. There was no tempo in the Bears' offense. You might as well have kept Mike Glennon under center. And that's always the amusing thing about this because the second thing here, Mitchell Trubisky celebrated because of his mobility and his accuracy. And we just gave you the final numbers there. The accuracy was not there, and the mobility wasn't much of anything to write home about either or put on on Instagram. Clearly, Trubisky uh, is not ready. He's not. I mean, the Bears put him out there because they're trying to create some false excitement on a miserable season. The, The Bears media. And those that are diehard Bears backers, I get it. I understand you're excited. I understand you're excited, and you're you're anticipating what's going to happen. That the excitement is not based on what is now; it's what you think is going to happen. You're making assumptions. But if Mike Glennon had put up the same numbers in this game, if you check out Trubisky for Glennon, then. Who's going to be trumpeting that performance as anything special? The answer is no one. But the legend of being a number two pick and the Bears trading up to get you, that has become the fact. And John Fox and company, they used diversionary tactics to hide Mitch Trubisky. Right? They were trying to avoid. It's, it's kind of like trying to avoid an earthquake. You can't. Right? There's no way, if you live in earthquake country and there's an earthquake, you're going to feel the earthquake. There's no way to avoid that. Uh, and, yeah, Chicago had a bunch of penalties. They had some, some drop passes. You know why? They're a, they're a football team that's also it's like rotten milk. That's what the Bears are like. Now, the last thing here, this has to be treated as a glorified developmental period. John Fox 
has to figure out what they, the Bears have in Mitchell Trubisky, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's going to be many growing pains, and there's no guarantee that he's any good. He could be a stiff, could be a bum and never be able to figure it out. And the best part for John Fox is he will eventually lose his job and any progress that Mitchell Trubisky should make, he will not benefit from as coach of the Chicago Bears. Whoever's next will end up getting the glory. That's the vortex of unfairness when you're coaching a terrible football team like this. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Diamondback Fan Garcia. Tough day for Eddie's Diamondbacks. That's uh, the regular season record, Eddie, that you were you were touting. Unfortunately, did not work out. I'm sorry about that. I hope I, I better just, luck next year. I just year. brought up the facts and wanted better to get your. I don't give a damn about the Diamondbacks. I feel like you do. I feel like you do. You were a lot of people wrong. A lot of people wrong about a lot of things. They wanted me to console you, Eddie, because you were you were giving a lot of pro Diamondback propaganda last week, and so I. So pro Diamondback propaganda is pointing out that they won the regular season series from the Dodgers. That's pro Diamondback propaganda. Or is that just the facts? I tried to point out, Eddie, that the Dodgers for that several weeks couldn't beat a little league team. You ignored me. You didn't seem to want to hear that. So that's irrelevant. The stat you gave was irrelevant because the Dodgers at that point, they were losing all, to the Giants did, who suck and the Padres. All I did there. was point out what you have pointed out all year about the Dodgers' great regular season record and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I thought what, I would just point what, out what that I, the Diamondbacks what do I had a always say? great regular season record against the Dodgers. What do I always say, Eddie? It's a uh, totally different animal. Totally different animal in the, the baseball postseason. The Dodgers proving that all your little cliches about momentum and they, I've heard some of these gas bags on radio. Well, the, the Diamondbacks are in the Dodgers' heads. Really? Really? Okay. Bunch of morons that work in the media. There really are some stupid people that do this. Embarrassing. All right. Yeah, yes. I, I know a few of them. Yes, I work with some here, too. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The New York Yankees were on the brink of a sweep, right? They were going to be swept out of the playoffs after winning the wild card game. The real playoffs would start in the divisional series, and it seemed like they were going to be the GOAT. They were the ones that were going to wear the GOAT horns. They were the big losers, right? They had blown the lead in game two uh, in Cleveland, and wow, we got a plot twist. We got a plot twist here. Because the New York Yankees, they not only got one win to avoid a sweep, but Aaron Judge, a four-run second inning, he had a two-run ribby double, and the New York Yankees boat raced the Cleveland Indians, and they now have evened up the American League Divisional Series two games apiece, a 7-3 to win in the Bronx on Monday night at Yankee Stadium, and so it is square up, a decisive winner-take-all game five set for Wednesday Back in Cleveland, and the Indians now have a five-game – they had this before – but they have a five-game losing streak in elimination games. Not that that matters this year. But I wanted to talk about it because this is quite the plot twist between the Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. A couple of days ago, Terry Francona was essentially being massaged by everyone, the manager of the Cleveland Indians. Baseball pundits from coast to coast were celebrating – Francona, because he had made the decision to start Trevor Bauer, the number three starter for the Indians, in game one of that matchup. And Bauer went out and looked amazing. Looked absolutely amazing. 
And the Indians won, and they, they were roasting the Yankees the first two games of the Divisional Series as they, the Yankees blew that five-run lead. So how's that working out now, right? How's that working out now? We just mentioned the Bronx Bombers overwhelming the Tribe in the game on Monday, and so now we head in to that matchup later in the week with a winner-take-all situation. So let's talk about this. The question, uh, Terry Francona, his decision to start Trevor Bauer on short rest. He did it in the game on Monday, game that Bauer vomited all over the mound, peed his pants, the whole thing, whatever you want to say, whatever you you like better. Uh, with Bauer starting for the Indians and not being effective at all, that decision by Francona, big deal, little deal, or no deal at all. Now, here's my, here's my position on it. It is a really big deal depending on what happens on Wednesday. Uh, should the Cleveland Indians stub their toe and do the unimaginable, the unthinkable, and blow it and do the walk of shame off the field, then this is a gigantic, enormous deal. On the other hand, should the Indians take care of business at home, uh, then then it's no, no deal. No one's going to remember it. It'll be a not even a blip on the radar, the fact that the Indians made this decision. Francona did with Bauer. You march on. Time goes on. The Indians will take on the Astros in the American League Championship Series. A couple of thoughts on this. though: Life in the fishbowl, playing with house money and the heebie-jeebies. All, right, all that's tied together here. Now, we'll start with this. It was Terry Francona's call. It was his call. He's paid a lot of money. Right? He's got the wildlife. He eats the ice cream sandwiches at 3 in the morning. Who doesn't? I know I do. But it was Francona's decision to go with Bauer on three days rest. He's got to own it. Francona has got to own it. Right, he's got to own it, and he uh, talked about the fact that you try to juggle a roster and determine who to play and who not to play. He got inside his mind and tried to explain as best he could, or as best he could without uh, without giving too much away, the mindset on when to play him and when not to play him. You 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 get to a point where you certainly aren't going to match up anymore, but we're trying to keep the game where we had a chance to win, and we're trying not to overuse people. Losing's not a whole lot of fun, but we, we prepare pretty extensively, and then you you live with the outcome. All right, so you got to own it. He owned it a little bit, but it is life in the fishbowl. I know it's Cleveland. It's not not a big fishbowl, uh, but has Trevor Bauer has Trevor Bauer gotten that status where you're like I I I'm confident that this guy's going to go out there and pitch a, an amazing game. I was stunned, absolutely stunned, that he the way he pitched in game one, and I would have been even more stunned if he had replicated the way he pitched in game one in this particular game. Now, if, if that had happened, it would have been no problem. We know how that worked out. We have the beauty of looking back and seeing how it worked out. And as a result, the altitude, shall we say, the, the pressure, the altitude getting cranked up on Terry Francona because Trevor Bauer pitched – like his hand had been mutilated by a drone in this particular game. That was in one game and all that, but he went from looking like Charles Nagy in his prime to going out and having a reversal of fortune. How bad was it? Bauer went an inning and two-thirds, gave up four hits, four runs, a couple of walks, had three strikeouts, only 55 pitches. That's it, and he's out of there. And the Indians were playing catch-up, and they didn't have any mustard. Uh, the entire night, they were trying to catch up to the Yankees, and they never did. 
They never did. And so the, the second part of this, now heading in to the winner-take-all game five, the Yankees have put the Indians into the pressure cooker. Right After losing the first two games, the Bronx Bombers were given their last rights, as we talked about. Right, They, they were done. They were done. Joe Girardi was going to be fired and still might be fired. But all of that has flipped around. The script has flipped around. And now, because of the, what happened on Monday at Yankee Stadium, because the Yankees were able to get that win in dominating fashion, thanks to Aaron Judge and others. And uh, we might want to add the same pitcher that went out and wet the bed in his start against the Minnesota Twins, Luis Severino. Uh, he was able to rebound from that horrific beginning to his playoff career and pitched very, pretty well in this particular game. But, but now all of that has taken place. The Yankees now have the edge – from the standpoint, not that they're not going against a great pitcher, because they are, but they're playing with house money. When you've got Corey Kluber, Cy Young favorite, Corey Kluber on the mound, and you're at home, and then the Yankees are sending CC Sabathia, and I know he pitched well in Cleveland. He's a former Indian, but he's he's an old geezer. That's what he is by baseball standards. CC Sabathia is an old geezer, and so you've got that guy. Going against Corey Kluber, the Yankees should absolutely be able to play loose and free, calm, cool, collected, all those things. After all, the Indians at home, they are the overwhelming favorites to win this series. They're the favorites to win the American League pennant the way they dominated there late in the season because of that. And if anyone is going to suffer what we like to call in these parts the tight took his syndrome, if anyone's going to suffer that, you would say it's going to be the 102 win Cleveland Indians in this particular game because of the fact they won the first two games. They had the Yankees on the brink, and they didn't close it out. They didn't close it out. And so that has flipped everything around. And so the question is, will the Indians have the heebie-jeebies and play with those butterflies in, in their stomach in this particular game coming up on Wednesday? It's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Now, the last thing, the parting shot on this, if the Indians lose on Wednesday, what are the actual odds that Terry Francona is in any real danger? Now, knowing that he is worshipped by baseball media and knowing that the Indians lost in the World Series last year, I'm going to say that there's only a 15% chance that Terry Francona does not come back should the Indians lose on Wednesday. And I want to point out, as a point of clarity, that the reason I'm going 15%, that is based on Terry Francona's health more than anything else. He's got some health issues. He's had to miss time the last couple of years. He's had to step away from the Indians. So uh, th- there's there's clearly some, some physical situations involved uh, with the health of Francona where he might not come back and manage the Indians. But you toss on the fact that he's you know, potentially going to be the manager that blew a 2 nothing lead. It's like a 70-plus percent uh, win record when you win the first game of the Divisional Series, and it's even much, much higher. There's only been a couple of teams that have come back that have lost the first two games uh, or or been able to blow a lead when they've won the first two games, I should say. All right, Ben Maller Show on Fox. On Fox, you want to talk about that? Or the Los Angeles Dodgers advancing. The Houston Astros won their playoff series. Uh, All of that open for conversation. The Dodgers and Astros both taking care of their opponent. Although the Dodgers got the sweep, so they get the style points. The Astros didn't get the sweep, so they don't get the style points. 
They don't get if you look at style points, the Dodgers get the most style points. And I like that the reactionary media is now now they're all back on the Dodgers a jock strap. They're all a bunch of jock sniffers now for the Dodgers again. After being off that bandwagon, there's nothing better than the immediate overreaction, which happens all the time in these situations. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. I like the uh, I like the Astros. I like the way they're playing right now. Justin Verlander. I was uh turned out to be a decent acquisition for Houston, would you say? Yeah, he pitched uh, certainly better than Chris Sale, who lost two yeah, games I for know. the Red Sox. He came Oof. out of the bullpen. Uh, for, I, I'll still take him, though. If the yeah, Red Sox want to trade Chris Sale, I would still take him on my my roster. I'd work him in my rotation. I understand. But, I mean, you know, he can't go 0-2 in the playoffs. I mean, that just, that just well, can't just happen. He just did win 0-2. I, well, and gonna, then you see gonna, the result. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. You know. Uh, so are you now on the Astros bandwagon? No, I just, you, I just. Uh, what do you I, like I, about the Astros? What What do you enjoy about the Astros? I like their lineup. You like their lineup? Yeah. Okay. They're They're not going to win the World Series. Why Why not? It's a team in Los Angeles that's going to win the World Series. Well, you're you're biased in that regard. Not at so. all. I'm totally neutral. Totally neutral. <laughs> Don't have any kind of allegiance at all here. Just how really can come you in here uh, and talk. How can you say that with a straight face? Uh, it's a talk show. Talk. How do you know my straight uh, my my face is uh, I can, straight? I can not? I can read your face through you, your, your you the tone of your voice. Giant wall with a big Fox Sports Radio logo on it that is between us. I'm staring at a wall. There's a clock on it, and it's ticking away. These sands of time are. We, we've worked away. together long enough. I think we I know, I think I know you pretty well. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Do you think the Dodgers ever made their way into that pool in Arizona? You think they? Uh, if, if the Diamondbacks had, you know, police on horseback, as you say they did, well, they saw, guarding you the saw pool, the photo, Eddie. I'm not making that up. Uh, then I would say no, they did not make it out to the pool this year. They just got to hold out. They got to wait for the, the horses to go. Yeah, but how long do you want to wait, really, to jump in a pool? I mean. I want to wait. I want to. We, we just got a report here uh, a couple minutes ago that uh, this this is about 14 minutes ago that in Phoenix, the police and the horses are still, Eddie. Protecting the pool <laughs> until that team bus pulls away, oh, they are gonna they're gonna man their post. Great. This is uh this is like a SWAT situation for the Phoenix Police Department. <laughs> they've uh, they've got all their reasons. Is this a tactical alert, Eddie? Protect that pool at all costs. Do not let those dodges in the pool. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is great. All right, so Ben Maller show on Fox. If you want to be part. Uh, you know the number, but if not, if you're new to the show, uh, we, we'll welcome you, and you can be part of it. The number is 877-99 on Fox, 877-997-6369. Did I give out the right number? I think I did. Did I give out a different number? Really? I give out the different number. Right, it's 877-996-6369. I think I what, give what out What number, number did you give out? I don't know. I got like two hours of sleep. I don't know. I have no idea. A lot of stuff to do, Eddie. A little sleep deprived here, but don't worry. I'm not complaining yet. That's not an act of complaining at all. Ben, that first name number you gave was part of your cell phone. Oh, is that part of my yeah. cell phone? Yeah. Well, call me up. I don't care. Why not? Doc Mike has my cell phone number. He calls me like several times a week. Well, that must be pleasant. Oh, it's great. I stopped answering. Anytime I see a number that I don't recognize, I don't answer. I, if you well, if yeah, you want to get a hold that's of me, standard, right? Come on. Well, it's really now because Doc. He's he's called me from seven or eight different phone numbers. We're coming up with bloody goat beer. 
the beer for losers. Oh, wait, wait if the Cubs beat the Nationals. It's Cubs-Dodgers. He'll be calling every single day. He'll be calling every single – I might have to go to Chicago for the NLCS. I might have to fly into Chicago and see a couple of those games. I might have to do that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Now, <laughs> Maller's Mountain of Money. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not. All right, let's do it right now. Let's meet our contestants for this week's edition of Maller's Mountain of Money. And you, the listener in your car at work or at home, you can play along. All right, very simple. Always hear how easy this game is. Just pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. All right, who are we going to pick? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Uh, let's say hello to Dr. Sideburns. Hello, Dr. Sideburns. How are you? Welcome, Dr. Sideburns. If I was any better, I would be a son, but not a Phoenix son, because they're not going to be good again. Uh, you're going to hurt Connie Hawkins' feelings. Well, I don't know that I can do that at this point, but the team, the, the, the current sons, uh, not uh, not. All right, uh, Mr. Mr. Sideburns, uh, hold on a sec there, or Dr. Sideburns, excuse me. Don't want to mess that up. Uh, you're there, and we've got Justin in Cincinnati, one of our regulars. Hello, Justin. How you doing, Ben? Welcome in, Justin. Uh, if I'm doing any better, I would be a Dodger, an L.A. Dodger, because they're, they're going to the NLCS. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you'd be a Hill, but not a Jamel Hill, because she's suspended. I saw that. Isn't that great? I love it. Yeah, she uh, called all Donald Trump voters white supremacists, didn't get suspended, but called for a boycott of sponsors, and she ended up getting suspended. Oh, my God. All right, uh, Justin, hold on a sec there. And uh, Dr. Sideburns, Dr. Sideburns, who would you like to partner up with on Mallers Mountain of Money? You can pick me. You got Eddie over there, Danny G, or the Coop the Loop. Uh, when I'm not rooting for Phoenix Suns, then uh, I'm a winner. So I'm going with Big Ben. That's a good job by you, Dr. Sideburns. You are a doctor, and I've never lost with a doctor. So and I, my sideburns look damn good, by the way. Not as good as yeah. yours because you're Dr. Sideburns. I'm a doctor. I didn't go to facial hair college for nothing. There you go. So you are a barber? Are you a trained barber? Yeah. The best in the West, my friend. Best in the West. Look at you. And uh, like, you have your own barber shop. You work for somebody. You do private haircutting. What kind of work do you do? Private only. Manscaping. That's extra. Wow. Yeah, that would have to be a lot extra. Yeah. All right. Well, hold on a sec, Doctor Sideburns. Uh, there he goes. Give me a nice haircut. And we have Justin. Who do you want to partner up with, Justin? Make it a classic matchup. All right. Shocking that you would pick Eddie. Okay. So we have Justin. And, Eddie, that's the team. I'll put an L right next to their name, and I'll write that down there. And then you get the team that's going to win. That would be me and Dr. Sideburns. Ben, be careful. You're sounding like the Diamondbacks before that series. No, no, no. I I was the one that called the Dodgers win. Danny. Did I not call the Dodgers win over the Diamondbacks? I believe I did. Here we go with this week's Mallers Mountain of Money, the Spielberg edition in honor of that HBO special. Did he die? No, no, no. Oh, okay. He Usually just has only a, do dead a really good documentary out okay. on him right now. All right. Category one, E.T. Category two, The Color Purple. Category three, Jurassic Park. Or category four, Catch Me If You Can. All right, Dr. Sideburns, you are on the line first. You get to choose first. The Color Purple. The Color, color purple. purple. All right. All right. And, Justin, that leaves you with E.T. 
Jurassic Park or Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. Sounds good. All right. Ben, you're going to have 45 seconds on the clock here. 10 to 100 on the board, gentlemen. We need the first and last name of these sports figures. Ben, your category, the color purple. These athletes all play or played for a team whose primary color was purple. All right, let's do it. Here we go. You ready, Dr. Sideburns? Let's do it, man. Right, here we go. 45 seconds on the clock. Go. Straight cash homie, former Vikings receiver. Number 84 uh, for the Vikings. That is correct. Uh, current center for the New Orleans Pelicans, former Sacramento King, man baby, out of Kentucky, center. Oh. All right, pass. Uh, Pat, not Jesus. Yeah. No, they don't have Jesus. Uh, he was he was the assist, the triple, the uh, the uh, assist points triple double king before Russell Westbrook. Steve Nash. No, back in the '60s, Cincinnati uh, played in Cincinnati. Oscar Robertson. Yes, correct. Uh, he's got a beard for the Rockies. Their leadoff hitter Coop loves James him. James Harden. No, for the Rockies, <laughs> the Colorado Rockies leadoff hitter, center fielder. Yes. You suck at this. Uh, oh my God. Oh no! When you we knew I, was, we were, I thought you did great, Ben. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we, we were Uh-oh. in trouble when he struggled to get Randy Moss. That was a bad sign. You were looking for Char- <laughs> Charlie Blackman there in the basketball center that Ben was referring to, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Ah, You've okay. been cutting too much hair, Doctor Sideburns. You haven't been watching sports here. Ah, right. uh, boogie. Yeah, spending 20 seconds on Oscar Robinson didn't help either. Okay, look just at how, look at what a schmuck Coop is. What an a-hole. Justin. That, that's supposed to be my producer that's got my back right there. Look at that Nobody guy. has your back. All right, Jay. Why can't I be like the Dan, Dan Patrick has everyone sucking his toes on his show? <laughs> if I get paid we've, like we've the Dan Yeah, we've explained this I to you before. You still don't figure it out for some reason. All right. Category four, catch me if you can for Justin. These are some of the fastest athletes in the game. All right, 45 seconds on the clock. You ready, Eddie? Yeah, let's do it, Justin. Go. All right, current uh, Cleveland Cavaliers star, the King. LeBron James. Current Wizards guard. Uh, John Wall. Yes, uh, NFL wide receiver. He was with the Eagles and the Redskins. He's now on the Buccaneers. Deshaun Jackson. Uh, rookie running back for Carolina. He was a star at Stanford. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, current Jacksonville star running back. He was at LSU. Star wide receiver with the Chiefs. And went to a tiny school. Really fast guy. Um, uh, he, okay, uh, former Steeler. He got a big payday with the Dolphins. Bounced around. Mike with the, Wallace. Yes. Uh, current uh, Kansas City Chief. He's kind of a hybrid wide receiver running back. He had a big uh, touchdown this past week uh, on a punt or a kickoff. I never get it. Yeah. And he put hands on, on a, a pregnant female, girlfriend uh, like he yeah. shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh, Tyree Kill? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. My bad. No, no, you did very well. You did very well. I don't think you did Justin. that well. I thought you were, you were kind of weak. What's the score, Coop? 260. Two? To 40. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Dr. Sideburns, I like you, man, but I'm going to hang up on your ass oh, right now, okay? going to the bullpen? I got to go to the bullpen, all right? Can I go to that? Because oh. you suck at this game, and I like you, but I, I don't like you that much, you know? Can I? I won't take it personal. All right. I like, call again, but, you know, just, you know, thank you. All right. So I need somebody from the bullpen. All right, he's good. I like that guy, Doctor Cyburns, but I just—he's terrible at the game. So I need somebody else. All right, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Let's run the table. Let's put some pressure on these schmucks. We'll do that, and we'll do it next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. That's all you have to do. So the big story here 
outside of the baseball playoffs where the Dodgers have won in advance. They're going to the league championship series. The Chicago Cubs are a win away. The Yankees stay alive. The, the big story here outside of all that involves the NFL and yet again the president, the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Uh, and th- there's a couple of layers to it, but here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. Uh, Jerry Jones, who had said the other day that pl- the Dallas Cowboy players are going to stand up and that there's a rule and you don't disrespect the flag when you play for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Jerry Jones did not back down from those initial comments, even though political activists were demanding that Jerry Jones retract that statement. Uh, Jones did not do that. In fact, he said that the Cowboys have a policy on their team that prohibits players from playing if they, quote, disrespect, unquote, the flag. And Jones claimed this is not a new situation. The Cowboys uh, have had this uh, in effect since last season when Colin Kaepernick brought this to the NFL, this protest movement to the National Football League and that the Cowboys have had this since that particular point, and he addressed it randomly on Sunday after the Packers beat the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones was asked about a couple of – well, first of all, he was asked about Mike Pence, the VP, who walked out of the Colts 49ers game, and then a couple of Cowboy players did the black power sign during the national anthem that upset some people. So Jerry Jones mentioned he was unaware of that, but he clarified his comments, and without giving you everything that Jerry Jones said, he uh, went into detail and claimed that players in the NFL, quote, need consequences to stand up to peer pressure and that it's in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL and the players to honor the flag. And now what do you think happened after Jerry Jones made those comments? That is correct. Yes. Uh, President Donald J. Trump, the commander-in-chief, tweeted out a, quote, big salute to Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, this is from the president, who will bench players who disrespect our flag and stand for the national anthem. Now, as an added wrinkle to this, Jerry Jones referenced a rule which is on the books, which he claims he, he got actually from Donald Trump, but it is a legitimate uh, rule that is in play in the NFL. And so I thought, well, if, you, if you're unfamiliar with it, if you haven't seen this, it's making the rounds here. But in regards to the national anthem, and sure enough, it it gives the NFL a lot of leeway here, a lot of, a lot of leeway to, uh, to mess around with this if they want. Uh, and it says the following, quote, the, the national anthem must be played prior to every NFL game and all players must be on the sidelines for the National Anthem. Well, we know that hasn't happened. Several teams have not shown up to the sidelines at all as an act of protest. Uh, the, uh, the rule continues. During the National Anthem, players on the field and bench area should, it's a weasel word, should stand at attention, face the flag, hold helmets uh, in their left hand, and refrain from talking. Uh, the home team should ensue that the American flag is in good condition It should be pointed out to players and coaches that we continue. This is an important part. We continue to be judged by the public in this area of respect for the flag and our country. Failure to be on the field by the start of the national anthem may, that's a weasel word, may result in discipline such as fines, suspensions, and or the forfeiture of draft choices for violations of all of the above including first offenses. So that is the rule 
that Jerry Jones referenced, and he referenced it to several different reporters that, that he talked to on Monday. All right, so let's talk about this. Where is this going? That's the question. Where is all of this going? I have a couple of thoughts on this. A couple of thoughts here. You've got company policy, publicity, and lawsuit. All of those things are in play. All of this is tied together, and I'll kind of walk you through it step by step. But we'll begin with company policy. And you might not like this, and you might think this is, this is wrong and all this shouldn't be. But Jerry Jones, as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, can set company policy. And this is a team rule, right? This is a team rule. And Jerry Jones, you can say, oh, he's just a Trump guy, and I don't like that guy. But as the owner of the team, he can do that. He can set a team rule. He can say the Dallas Cowboys have to dress like clowns when they go on the road. That's a team rule. Every Cowboy player has to wear a clown nose and clown shoes when they go on the road. That's a team rule, right? It, just like they have to dress code, business attire. We can say, I, wanna, I want you guys to dress up like clowns. You're all going to dress up like clowns. That's how we're going to do it. And it, it's no different than at your job. There's a lot of people this hour that get up early, that are going to work, they are trying to get into the office. But all of us have a set time that we're supposed to start working, right? Hours are, are set. You have to work a certain amount of hours and most of us have to work a certain amount of hours at this given time. Like, I've chosen a career in radio. I cannot be late. The show is going to start whether I'm here or not. So I can't I, – I, when the, the on-air light goes on, I've got to be here. I can't mosey in a couple minutes late and say, yeah, I'm a little late, a little tired, overslept. Can't do it because that's not the way it works. But other jobs have more leeway. So company policy is the first thing. The second thing here – is the dark side, if you will, publicity. And Jerry Jones knows that any publicity is good publicity, and he also knows controversy sells. And the fact that many people are going to be pressuring, the uh, the political activists are going to be pressuring Dallas Cowboy players to call his bluff. You and I both know that going into the next Dallas Cowboys game, there is going to be a groundswell of support of these activists that are going to try to get uh, at least – one, if not two, if not the entire Dallas Cowboy team to kneel down during the national anthem. Right, so you know that's going on right now. And whether it's peer pressure or just activism in general, that is going on. They're, they're going to be pressured, these players on the Dallas Cowboys, to take a knee, to, to disrespect the owner of the Cowboys and to not listen to Jerry Jones, to be the renegade, to be the maverick, to be the rebel. And so what that does now is you – project ahead and you look at the Dallas Cowboys schedule and you say, well, this creates great theater, right? This create The Cowboys are kind of an average team, right? They've lost the last two games. They're on a bye week this week, so it's not going to happen this weekend. The next Cowboy game, this is where it gets really good, right? You talk about, you know, any publicity is good publicity and all that and call his bluff. The next Cowboys game is in the belly of the beast for protesting. Northern California, where the, the uh, in Santa Clara, where the 49ers play their games, and 23 49er players uh, have decided to take a knee. They did in Indianapolis. So in that spot, after the bye week, when the Cowboys are playing in Santa Clara, let's say two Cowboy players decide I'm going to take a knee. All right, they, they sit down. That's it. That's it. But what if 10 guys sit down? They don't play. You're going to call Jerry Jones bluff on this? And is Jerry Jones 
such a uh, a crazy guy at this point in his life. Just doesn't give a crap. And he's like, hey, I'm trying to make a statement here. And I, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. I am how old is Jerry Jones? He's got him in his eighties, right? I I'm in his I'm in my eighties, are those faces we always point out is much younger. Uh and I I demand, I demand that you listen to me, and I'm gonna forfeit. I, I, Jerry's listed it's in his seventies. He's been listed in his seventies for like fifteen years. Jerry Jones' age has been listed in his he's gotta be in his early eighties, right? Am I wrong on that? I don't think I'm wrong on that. But Jerry's just crazy enough that I could see him saying, We're not gonna play. If it happens to be against the Niners, that could be how the Niners get their first win. They just forfeit. The Cowboys would forfeit the game to Brian Hoyer and the 49ers and, and just so Jerry can stick to his guns. And then you've got the issue of a lawsuit, right? And, and this threat, and these have been going around. The, the NFL Players Association, there have been some whispers and some threats here that the NFLPA – is threatening legal action, that if anybody is benched in any way here, there's any kind of punishment, that there will be litigation, that there will be a lawsuit, this is a labor matter, and that the NFLPA will not stand for this. I don't believe it. They're, they're, they're essentially toothless, the, the players' union. And are we supposed to believe that a, a courtroom, a judge, is going to decide whether an NFL team can bench a player for a – uh, a team rule? Is that what this is going to come down to? I mean, I, it seems rather silly. Of course, I never thought we'd be in a position where we're even at this point where the NFL has uh, gone all political, but that's exactly where we are. And this has become a Republican-Democrat issue. Right? That's what this has become. But I'm not buying it. Like, even if the NFL tried to, or the NFLPA, rather, attempted to file legal action against the NFL over this, I just don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think there's enough muscle behind it that it will not be a winning case, right? They've got the weakest union out there. As I mentioned, they're toothless. And in the back of the room here continues to be the fact that major corporate partners of the National Football League are being put in the middle of this. And you might not think that matters. You might think there's a better cause here and it doesn't matter what the sponsors think. But trust me, the people that work in the NFL know, not maybe not the players because they apparently are tone deaf on this, but the, the people that work for the NFL know completely that it's a bad spot to be in if your corporate partners have to start a special phone line for people complaining and you end up alienating major multi-million, if not billion-dollar partners of the National Football League because of perceived customer, customer boycotts or legitimate customer boycotts and you put major companies like Pepsi and these other companies in a position of picking a side. And it's the ultimate loaded question, right? Because you cannot win. You cannot win. If you pick the side of saying, hey, we're the all-American company and we're going to stand by the flag, we think these guys should stand, which is the majority of people feel that way, then you get called a heathen and a racist if you do that. If you take the other side and say, well, I'm with these protesters. I think they've got a point here. They should be heard, you know. Then you are un-American. You cannot win. If you, you cannot win on this if you're the corporate sponsor. Now, I think that everyone's got a side on this. That's my position. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. But sponsors are the ones that don't want to, they don't want to make any kind of a statement at all. Right? They want everyone to buy their soda or their beer 
uh, or their pizza. They want everyone because they have to sell product to everyone. Right? It's, it's kind of like it used to be Nike's marketing strategy, although I guess it's not anymore. They've picked a side. But when Michael Jordan uh, was playing for the Chicago Bulls, he never had anything interesting to say. He had no political position on anything because he wanted to sell shoes to everybody. So he would never pick a side because he wanted to sell sneakers to everybody. And Derek Jeter was the same way. It was very boring because he didn't want to take a position on anything because he wanted to sell equipment to everybody. All right, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. But we, I, I feel like we are heading towards a tipping point in all of this. We'll bring in Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie, which is just another tipping point and a bunch of other tipping points as this story continues on and on and on. I thought it was pretty uh, amusing that a lot of the people who were praising Jerry Jones for sta- uh, taking a knee with his team before the was it the Arizona Cardinal game a couple weeks ago? Yes. Uh, now have completely turned on him, and now he has no idea, uh, you know, what he's talking about. He's tone deaf to his players and so on. Well, and this, so forth. this is, happens in politics. Donald Trump won a bunch of awards, uh, and then he uh, from uh, from uh, racial groups, and then he ended up a racist when he became a presidential candidate. So this is how politics work. That's that's the game, right? It's like we like you, we like you, we don't like you anymore. You're a scumbag. So it's amusing. But you know, the the Cowboys, when they get back on the field after the bye week, there's going to be a lot of pressure for some guys to take a knee and call Jerry Jones out there. And that's going to be a moment of truth, right? That's going to be one of those uh, those moments where does anyone do it? Does anyone take the bait? Uh, or do they do they honor Jerry Jones there and they, the, the team they work for? It's, it's so crazy here that company policy, which is what that would be, is now looked down upon. It's it's very bizarre the time we're in right now. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that no one is gonna do it. You don't think any? I, I don't th- I don't think so. I'm gonna go one. I believe there'll be one that's gonna try to get some attention, like a backup, a backup on the Cowboys gonna try to make a name for himself, get some publicity out of this, and become like a, a hero, a new uh, a new deity in the cause and the movement, right? Because you if you're a backup. I don't know, backup linebacker, just pick a position, backup linebacker on the Cowboys, and you become this guy, you become a hero to liberals, right? You're a hero. You're a god uh, in this movement, yes? You're going to get attention. There's no doubt about that. You'll be on every uh, liberal TV show But is that going to is that gonna be, you know, this a smart move for your career? <laughs> well, not for your Dallas Cowboys career, but there's other teams you can work for that, like, the 49ers seem to have no problem with this. They're okay with it, and the Seahawks don't have a problem with this. They're, like, teams that are cool with it. They're fine with it, right? I will be surprised if anybody does it. I'm gonna go one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one or or two. We had two that raised their fists during the anthem on Sunday. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the bar. I'll set the line at one over under one. You say under clearly, one. Clearly, I'm going under. Yes. I think it'll be right at one. Uh, Danny G, you want in on this, Danny G? Uh, yeah. Oh, this is tough. I'm yeah. gonna say none. 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 All right, uh, Coop. You believe there will be one. Cowboy, remember, bye week this week, which means they'll be you know, hanging out with their family and friends, and there'll be people saying, hey, you really shouldn't let Jerry Jones tell you what to do. You should, you gotta... He's only your boss, yeah. I know. That's the world we live in, though, Eddie. You can't, your boss can't tell you what to do. That's, I'm the same yeah, way, Our Eddie. boss can tell me what to do. I don't, I don't listen to my boss at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a rebel like these NFL players. I don't listen. My boss tells me to do something. I say, go pound. I'm not listening to you. I don't care. I'm the employee. I don't care. You have my rights. Coop, what do you think here? Uh, um, over under one, Dallas Cowboy. Now again, we got to wait till 
It's not this weekend. It's next weekend in, in Northern California. Santa Clara. Santa Clara next weekend. Remember, the, because well, Ben, is that going to be a Fox game? Because Fox came out and said they're not oh. going to show the national anthem any longer. Doesn't matter. There'll be people documenting. Oh, I didn't hear that, Danny. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, people will be documenting it. I'm gonna, can I can I go? And, can I like break even? Just I'm going to say one. Well, that's kind of my answer. Uh, actually, I said it at a half. All right, like then the I'll, I'll take the, half, the shortest <laughs> cowboy. I'll take, half, the, I'll take the half over, a human being. I'll I take the I, over. I don't know what that uh, is. I, I guess I'll sit it at half. I because I do think they'll Ezekiel Elliott's half his half shirt. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah, the crop so Coop says yes. One, one. I say one. Can. You no. say no, Eddie and Danny yeah, G says no. Because no. remember, think about the scene. These guys have had a week off, a uh, part of a week off with their family and friends. They're going to look across the field. There'll be you know half the 49ers taking a knee. Doing their thing, you know, big political protesters over there, and and so then they're not going to do it. Interesting. See, that's drama. That's drama. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is Twenty Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 